Hey, welcome back to Conversations on the Commission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me is Stephen Madoff. It has been so long since we <laughs> you have been able to say those words that you mm. people are going to just need you to say our names just to be like, who are those guys again? <laughs> Hey, look, it has been a while since we've been able to do this, and that's because you took that road trip. Yep. And like you mentioned in the one of the last podcast episodes that we were able to air, mm. that you had sketchy internet, yep. and sure enough, we tried and tried and tried again, but there was no way for us to try to get a decent, playable, presentable <laughs> podcast episode recorded we even paid for a service that by the way works if you have internet or cell phone service and we were just over seven weeks on the road just over 8800 miles and multiple days with no wi-fi no cell service. My teenage girls were breaking out in hives. <laughs> I was breaking out in hives. I, I had to remember how we did deputation before you had a cell phone or GPS. Yeah. <laughs> Break out the paper maps. <laughs> wow. And it, it, the funny thing is to me is that one of the last episodes we did was about using technology. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, then we ran into all these issues. But we did not go on hiatus. We did not stop. We did not, you know, kind of, you did not see the, the last episode being aired. Uh, we are back. We're back with a vengeance. We have a lineup of episodes to record going forward in the future. So it is good to be back with you, Tony, here in the studio. Definitely. I'm excited about being back, excited about today's topic and some of the things we have lined up. We've got some guests lined up that I'm really looking forward to in these next couple episodes as well. I know. It's it's going to be great. Well, right now we are in, uh, as we record this episode, we are in the probably busiest time mm. of the year mm -hmm. at our mission agency because it is candidate school. Mm. And so throughout this week, we have a number of families um, that are have just been approved mm -hmm. to join with BIMI, and now they're getting trained and prepared for how to go about mm -hmm. raising their support on uh, in churches to mm -hmm. head to the foreign field or in churches here in the States. As well as then we have those folks who were here last year who got trained up to on how to raise their support. They've been doing such, and now they're getting trained and equipped on how to head overseas mm -hmm. and plant their churches and start yeah. their ministries and all the things yeah. to try to help prepare them the best that we can. And so it's been a, a busy week. The The halls are a buzz here yeah. at uh, BIMI, yeah, but we love it. We love super, it, love it, love it. Super, super exciting week because— it's a it's first of all it's just to see the candidates to see the brand new missionaries is a direct answer to prayer to every director here at BIMI to our president and our vice president every one of us prays every day for more laborers and to see uh, the good number of candidates that we have just a really good number with an excellent spirit mm -hmm. and uh, uh, just really exciting and a good reminder that the Lord of the harvest is still not willing that any should perish. And just just a great, encouraging week yep. this week. And one of the great things that we've, as we've been able to spend time with these missionaries, is just to see their enthusiasm mm -hmm. for what God can do 
going forward in the future when they go to wherever their destination is to start those churches, start their evangelism programs, start their discipleship programs. And and you and I have had some discussions, which is going to lead to the topic that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about today, about just the this generation of folks going out, that there is a difference in just kind of how they think, and that's not rocket science. I mean, we see that different generations where, you know, we mm-hmm. identify generations like the boomer generation and mm-hmm. then Gen Z and the millennials and Gen Y. And I'm still not even sure which generation yeah, I'm a part of. <laughs> I don't know what it is right now, but we do know that there is there are differences. They look at life differently. They uh, don't come at things from the same perspective mm-hmm. as as other generations do. Mm-hmm. And I can't understand the, the like how that happens, but it is true. I mean, myself, I think differently than my, my parents. I'm looking mm-hmm. at life differently. Now, they influenced me, but somehow I still came out looking at life differently. Mm-hmm. And I see that with my kids. And yeah. so it's... But what, one of the things that we've been talking about is just in the exciting ways that we, we can see in these missionaries on how their perspective, their lens of life is going to benefit them when they go to the mission field, but then also the cautionary tale of how their perspective and how their lens will negatively or potentially negatively mm-hmm. impact their work on the mission field. Yeah, and this this topic really came out of a, a session that you and I and, and the other directors sat in uh, a Q&A session, and one of the questions was, what do you see as the the huge problems for us as a new generation? And then you and I spoke about that and said, there's probably some problems, but I think there's a lot more positives that mm-hmm. they have as well. And just the potential that they have to reach people with the gospel because they're far more comfortable this this next generation far more comfortable to approach ministry in ways that maybe um are outside the box Mm. and and to try things that haven't been tried before and to just kind of say you know what we're not casting off all the old ways that things were done we're not saying they were wrong but let's try some other things and recognizing that in the world and the culture that we live in they're going to have to that just you know this is the way we've always done it isn't going to cut it any longer for a lot of reasons around the world culturally speaking um still with the i know in the united states we're winding down with the effects and the lockdowns of covid but around the world those are still very real for a lot of places um i know in my area of the world we're still very very locked down I know in parts of your mm-hmm. area of the world, same case, and I think that's really outside the United States that that is the case. I'll start off by just saying, when that question was asked, what about the problems? My first thought was not so much a problem, but maybe the challenge of of kind of rethinking how we even approach people with the gospel, because these new missionary candidates that are here have been taught by people in our generation or even a generation before us. And there was this kind of approach of this is how we reach people. And that was based on and worked well with 
the fact that in our culture, we were more of an Acts chapter two type of culture. What I mean by that is that when Paul or Peter rather preached at Pentecost, he preached to people who had some Bible knowledge. This generation is going to be dealing with people by and large, no matter what field they're on. It's no longer just the third world country that mm-hmm. you go to and they don't have any Bible knowledge. Now it's pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember 15, 16, 17 years ago in Arizona when I met the first person who literally had never heard the name Jesus. And I was shocked, you know, because everybody at least knew that name. Mm. Um, but now it's wherever you go. We have a generation that is more of that. It's more of the Mars Hill mentality where, you know, Paul had to go all the way back to Genesis and set the scene. Mm-hmm. And so I think having been trained by people who didn't necessarily have to face that culture and that challenge is going to cause them to maybe have to rethink their whole approach of bringing the gospel to the world. Well, you said it in a very good way when you started off just with the idea that there's a comfort level with uh, having to adjust and adapt. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I know that even for myself, when I was out in Australia, here I was in the Outback, and ministering in the Outback was different than ministering in Cleveland, Ohio. Big city, people <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> so on and so forth. Then you get to this rural town out in the middle of nowhere, and the things that I was, and how I was trained as far as how to connect with people. I mean, the gospel is still the gospel. Sure. You're still presenting the gospel that the that man is sinful, Christ mm-hmm. is the only answer. So there's no change in that. Right. But how you connect to people mm-hmm. is is different. And so when I when I was you know being trained and mentored in in Cleveland, well, there's people everywhere, and and there's one mindset. Then when I get to Australia, I know that I faced in my mind. How am I going to connect with these people? Because it is not what I am used to in any way, shape, or form. And there were moments, without a doubt, that I struggled in having to wrap my mind around, I have to think outside the box. Now, I know some people hear that phrase and they instantly just think, oh boy, that's a bad phrase. But it is a necessary phrase. I struggled with that adjustment at first. And I think this next generation is more comfortable, as I like that yeah. word you used, more comfortable with thinking outside the box because this message is the same. We're not in right. any way, and, and, and the rest of this podcast, go with that thinking. We're not changing how people present the gospel. Right. That's the same. The gospel mm-hmm. is the gospel. Sure. But the way to connect to people and to what vehicles are used and what avenues are used to communicate that gospel to people may be different. And sometimes uh, those who have trained in a certain mindset get a little bit itchy, if I could say, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like, oh boy, what's going on here? It's not compromise. It's not bad. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you see a great enthusiasm yeah. and, and comfortableness to say, all right, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to be in this setting. Let's connect with these people this way so that we can communicate the gospel. Yeah. Well, when I mentioned Peter and Paul and and Peter preaching at Pentecost, he didn't have to do all the background of, hey, this is who God is and go all the way back to Genesis. Paul on Mars Hill had to introduce those people to the one true God. But ultimately, you're right. The gospel is the gospel. And they Mm -hmm. both preached the same gospel. And this new generation of missionaries is going to do that, but they're going to have to 
uh, as you said, connect with people in different ways and not only connect, they're going to have to find ways to even get to the people so they can connect with them. Let me give you an example. Um, one of our, our far north missionaries um, that that is serving in the, the greater Toronto area of Ontario, well over half, probably approaching more like 75% now of, of Toronto, um, not the suburbs, obviously. Uh, those people are living in high-rise apartment buildings that aren't what we were used to when I was on the field. Um, we had high-rise apartment buildings, and they sometimes the doors were open and you could go in. Sometimes they weren't open and they would be locked, and um, you would just follow somebody in. <laughs> <laughs> I've but done that before, you, too. <laughs> you, you don't do that anymore. Yeah. There's security cameras, there's yeah. checkpoints, there's this, that, and the other. And so, you know, you're faced with, okay, I can't knock the doors of 70% of the people that live in my area. What do I do? And this particular missionary has done a, a great job of thinking outside the box. And uh, in Canada, one of the benefits of their mail system is their version of the zip code, which is called a postal code there, is far more specific in targeting a very specific area with with a postal code, whereas ours maybe covers a whole city. Mm -hmm. You could have a high-rise apartment building or two or three, and that's their postal code. So he can do a mass mailing to a, a, to a postal code, know exactly what apartment buildings it's going to hit, and send in send in the gospel and then what they've done is targeted the subway systems and the transit systems around that area the stops and put up advertisements and then also to set up a temporary kind of shade tent outside of those apartment buildings with the same logo from the church and everything else so as people are coming and going in and out of those secure buildings He's able to say, hey, we mailed you something. Mm -hmm. Have you received that? That took a lot of thinking outside the box to just say, you know what? I can't get to them. They're, they're locked up in there and I can't reach them. Well, we still have to reach them. The Great Commission is still the Great Commission mm -hmm. and we have to get to them. And, you know, I, I thank the Lord for a younger generation that says, hey, we could try this and see how it works. And it has been working, and praise the Lord for that. And when you go to even to other places around the world, when you have village life, and you're out in, in Africa somewhere or in South America, well, ministry is going to have to be different. Mm-hmm. Going to have to be different. And so you do see that enthusiasm to work within that sandbox of, okay, this is an open sandbox. I could do, I could do what I, I need to, Again, not co compromising the message, but the methodology. I, I have a pretty big playground in which to play mm -hmm. for the methodology of communicating to people and connecting with people. And and city life is going to be different than village life sure. or, or rural mm -hmm. life. And you see this willingness. You yeah. see this this uh, the ideas are, are formulating in their mind, whether it be even using online. And we've talked uh, before about technology, but you mm -hmm. see things like uh, Facebook ads or... Sure. Instagram ads or and things of those nature that nature that are reaping a benefit that 
you know, uh, maybe an older generation would be like, well, that doesn't work or whatever. They wouldn't think that that would connect with people, but it is something that this next generation mm-hmm. is very comfortable with, or at least comfortable trying. Mm-hmm. And if it succeeds, great. If it doesn't, okay, great as well. We'll just move on to the next idea. Right. And so there very much is that aspect of it, which is, which is for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And and I love just being around these folks and hearing some of their thinking and hearing some of the ideas of how they are planning on reaching uh, to the the folks they're going to be ministering to. Yeah, I I think that. I think it comes back to God equipping them in such a way. Paul said, the Lord has enabled me to do what he's called me to do. And I think I think some of their comfortableness in, in trying these things really is of the Lord. And we should recognize that as opposed to saying, oh, this generation just does everything different. What, what's wrong with them? They just want to throw everything out. The candidates that are here this week don't want to throw out the mm-hmm. tried and true and tested methods they just want to say, but what if that doesn't work where I am? And mm-hmm. and and they're comfortable saying, let's try this over here. I think another thing that uh, is becoming more and more prominent uh, that that this generation is going to have to face that previous generations maybe didn't have to face, and it's, and that is how transient our our societies have become. I am originally from New England, where. Families live in the same house for generations and where, you know, it's unthinkable that you would go to any other church, but the church that the family's been attending for 200 years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even in New England, that's not the case any longer so much. And and we've become very, very transient. And so there's some challenges with our newer generation of missionaries of how are they going to minister to these people who don't stay put and how do you build a church when your key people aren't staying put for very very long um so there's some thoughts there and i think the the two-edged sword part of that is that it is a mentality it's it's where our culture is and unfortunately i don't think the candidates we have here right now with us because they've kind of given testimony opposite of that but there is this thought of well i'll try missions for a little bit and if it works great and if it doesn't i'll go somewhere else and i think some of the the culture of just how transient we have become as people across and around the globe has affected how we approach missions and and that was actually a topic of conversation in the question and answer uh earlier today as well and my first thought when somebody said something to that effect was well has god called you there and and i think you even said you stay until god tells you you get to move mm-hmm. and so there is a little bit of a challenge i think for them on uh you know you can you can say to a missionary you stay till god tells you to move you have to really train people in your church to kind of, you know, I would use a phrase often because Arizona is very, very transient. We've mentioned that on previous podcasts. And um, I would tell people, you know, grow where you're, grow where you're planted mm-hmm. and uh, try to try to flourish here. And don't just kind of move at whim, but but really seek the Lord and, and where he wants you to be. We see this played out in just the workplace. Mm-hmm. Anyone listening to this to this episode is going to recognize it just around them in their own society because you know you take the classic factory worker mm-hmm. that factory worker 
worked there. He got married, worked in the factory, and basically retired there. Got his pension there, and that was right. what that one job helped sustain his whole family while he worked there for 40, 50, 60 years. Now, one of the frustrations that people often ex- express is, man, people are in five years going to five different jobs. Mm-hmm. And you see that, and you see this lack of commitment in some sense. And I don't know if it's necessarily just lack of commitment. I think they're just like, again, comfortable in tr- in transition mm-hmm. even. And it doesn't help the company that because they're having to hire people right. all the time mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Well, this mindset of this comfortableness uh, of c- continual transitioning can impact missions and it can impact it negatively because now someone says, okay, I'm going to country X and maybe after a year or two and being in country X, they're like, well, oh, well, there's country Y. Maybe I'll go there mm-hmm. and try that. Oh, look at that ministry over there. Check that out. <laughs> and I'll go to country Z now. And they just, they move and just continually. And if you do that, it you're not grounding a, mm-hmm. a church. You're not right. building the roots that a church needs to flourish when the missionary is gone. I mean, praise the Lord, if you can do that in a short time, mm-hmm. awesome. But we recognize that it takes a while to establish sure. that firm foundation for a church. And so when you have a culture and a generation that is very comfortable with continually switching mm-hmm. and think nothing of it, well, that can negatively impact missions, and that is not a good thing. And that's where you get a lot of you see the kind of the the I don't maybe it's too strong of a term, but to say the damage done because you have churches that are built but then don't last and close. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a bunch of churches that are struggling or in infancy, but the missionary's moved on because mm-hmm. he's gone to another place or another field. And in his mind, he just this is normal and, and good and right and yeah. and such and that that's a negative of this generation's thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see it in in so much as when a missionary goes to the field or a church planter, even in the United States, one a very typical question nowadays is from those people that he's trying to reach is. How long are you going to stay? Mm-hmm. How long are you going to be here for? Mm-hmm. And while they're very comfortable being transient themselves, they do expect the pastor or the missionary or the church planter not to be so transient. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can say, well, that's double standard. Maybe it is, but just the same, uh, there is something to say for sticking it out. And, and obviously, all you have to do is study the Apostle Paul's life. The Lord does move people in yep. ministry. I mean, that we sit here today as directors at BIMI is proof positive that the Lord moves people in ministry. But I think that this generation's challenge is going to be really settling in their minds. Um, I am a laborer in the Lord's harvest field. He's the foreman and he gets to assign my job and where I do it, when I do it, for how long, as opposed to just like you said, Oh, here's country X and there's mm-hmm. country Z. Because some of that is just a missionary heart that says, I just want to go everywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but having to settle on where God has put us. And I think that the challenge that our our newer generation of missionaries and church planners faces is going to be training people to have that biblical mindset that says, you know what, if 
the Bible is clear. God has set the members in the body where it has pleased him. And that's not just the pastor and the, and the mm-hmm. missionary and the church planter. That's all the members. And so training people, you don't really have the liberty. You do, but Paul said, you know, all things are, you know, I, I have the liberty to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. but not everything's expedient. And kind of thinking and saying, is this what God wants me to do? Does God really want me to move from city A to city D and leave this church behind where I have been placed in the yeah. body? If he has, and that's what he wants, great. Um, but I think anymore, like you said, we just change jobs and locations like in our generation, you change socks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not, it's not the case any longer. And the other aspect you see played out, and you and I have seen this even as being field directors, with this mindset that of movement, constant movement, you see folks who do come back to the states more often mm-hmm. than maybe your older generation missionaries, even just for a furlough. Hey, I've done two years, so I'm going to take a half a year furlough, and then I'll come back. Whereas in the older thinking, it was four years Mm -hmm. on the field, one year in the States, and then back for four years. And now there is this trend of uh, less time on the field, shorter furloughs. And I know we've touched on this in the past, but I think there's good and very negative with it. Mm. But there is a much more comfortableness with this generation that says, hey, it's okay for me to go two years and come back. Mm. I know we just had a missionary at our church who did two years of language school in a, in a foreign country, and then they graduated, and then they came back to the States to report. Mm. And, and in my mind, I, I guess this puts me in the old fogey department, because in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, if you just learn the language, why would you be coming back to the right, states, right. stay there and use the language. Yep. But they were completely comfortable with. Okay, we got our. They even got like an associate's degree in the language studies, mm-hmm. and then are coming back. And yeah. I, I struggle with that. My thinking mm-hmm. struggles. Mm-hmm. But they were totally comfortable yeah. with that, and that's part of that generational outlook. Yeah. Where in old man Stephen is saying. Why would you do that? (laughs) And in the young man's thinking, he's like, well, why would I stay if I can come back and report and then go to the field and, and, you know, start my church? I'm not leaving a church in infancy. I'm staying there for a time. It's just that that transition mindset that is there. Yeah. And I I do think that I don't want to put myself in the old fogey group, but I do think you have <laughs> but reason. But you are, though. <laughs> I do. Well, I am, but I don't want to be in that group. You know, I don't want to box myself into that group. But you know what? If you have just spent all this time learning the language, don't come back to the place where you're not going to use it and practice it. Stay there. And those first four or five years are critical. Mm-hmm. Get yourself grounded. Maybe if you've been on the field a couple terms and you want to do the every couple years from that point forward. Maybe the church is at a point where it can it can handle that. But if we think of the church as a living organism, and it is, then in its infant years, it it really needs mm. it really needs you as the leader and the church planter to be there very very regularly and and kind of set some stability. And by the way, people people do what people see. 
And if you're not stable and staying there, it's going to be hard to train people to grow yeah. where they're planted as well. Yeah. And, you know, we always try to take any of our conversations and tie them to the missionary as well as to the partnering churches. And one of the things I think is for the mindset of the, the, the partnering pastors and churches is, yes, we'd like to see that missionary planted in that country for X amount of years and, and really kind of doing the traditional mindset of church planting and, and using the methodology of which we're comfortable. But we also have to recognize, and probably every pastor has preached this, Jesus reached different people using different means. Mm-hmm. I mean, for some, he healed and touched them. For others, he just talked to them mm-hmm. and, and never touched them. Others, he went to them. Others, he vocalized from miles away, and the right. healing happened. You see a randomness and a variety in how Jesus ministered to people to show he was the Messiah. We Every pastor who's listening to this has probably preached the message mm-hmm. on that, that Jesus did not fit a mold. Right. And so we we can't be frustrated that the missionaries aren't fitting a mold mm-hmm. uh, in how they reach and connect with people. It, it's okay. It, there, there mm-hmm. is, it, it may be different than how we do it here, but it's okay because we see the, the prime example in our Savior. He used a vast array of connection points to minister to people to show that he was the yeah. one from heaven. And our missionaries are doing that as well. It's We struggle sometimes accepting that, mm-hmm. but it is it is okay. And it's good and healthy for churches even to consider how can maybe we think creatively and get comfortable with creativeness in reaching our community. Because as we start, as you started off in the very beginning, society as a whole is completely different. We're no longer in a in a society that understands Christian truths and principles and basics, mm-hmm. but we are living in a society like you referenced Mars Hill, where Paul had to totally go into the basics. And, and you look at that sermon right. in Acts, he, he is giving elementary things, but that's what he needed to do to reach that people, and we have to be comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is the uncomfortable part. We're out of time. Yeah. <laughs> and it took us so long to even get to this point. Right? That really <laughs> flew by. I really do enjoy and I have missed the opportunity to have these conversations and uh, and just kind of sit down and talk some of these things out. And I, I hope that they're helpful to those who are listening. And uh, um we haven't gone away permanently. So thank you for listening. And if you know somebody that says to you, hey, is that podcast still around? Let them know we are. And, uh, I have had people ask me. Are I you have. <laughs> I told my wife, it was actually really encouraging to me because I've had so many people say to me, hey, what happened to the podcast? Yep. I said, um, yeah, Wi-Fi and cell service in the Pacific Northwest of the United States is... Um, well, it's like at Mars, I guess. I don't know. It's just not it's not existing out there. But we did try our, our very best to make that happen. Um, but good news is around for a couple of weeks for these really exciting times here mm-hmm. in the home office. And it really is exciting. Um, and we always we always refer you to our social media and the websites and all. And I would really encourage you to check out uh, check out the Facebook account for BIMI. Um Baptist International Missions or uh, Stephen's Instagram, my Instagram this week, especially filled with some photos and things that are happening here 
And uh, I shared with a pastor just even last night, just a photo of a group shot of all of our trustees and all of the candidates together. And he just said, he said, you know, I am so encouraged just by that one picture of, of God putting all those people together and, and to think of the potential to change the world um, through that, that group of people going out. And so I would encourage you to check those things out. Uh, our contact information, the social media stuff, all in the show notes. And again, thank you for being a part of this podcast and listening this week. And we look forward to spending some more time with you next time. Until then, have a great week in the Lord. Thank you.